They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Grant Menzoir. Vampires on a syncopated beat. (laughs) Look what you made us do, Taylor Swift. (laughs) Exactly. How many vampires you got singing your tunes? We have two. Ba-boom. Boom. Welcome, everybody. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining (laughs) Thoughts That That Rock. The podcast that is Ah, about exchanging... ah, ah. One, not one, but two pieces of life-changing <laughs> advice squeezed into about 30 minutes. This episode is brought to you. Is it Cal Jocula? It better be brought to you by Kellogg's. <laughs> by Booberry. <laughs> well played. Well played. <laughs> by Bookicall. Bookicall. Oh. It's a dating app for books. My accent's going in now. You know I'm two seconds from a pirate. <laughs> That's what happens. Every accent you do, you turn into a pirate. Oh, uh, I was sponsored by Bookie Card. You'll never get me lucky charms. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pirate leprechaun. It's a pirate leprechaun. <laughs> Just go to BookieCard.com. Very small, angry. <sighs> Listen, pirates. despite the beginning, if you like this show, do yeah. us a favor. Even if you don't, give us a review and a rating. Yep. You pick whatever you want to, as long as it's five stars. One. That <laughs> one star. <laughs> Two star. Three. That would mean a lot to us because the more uh, people uh, that uh. watch. The show, listen to the show. You can't really watch this, but you should be watching us do impressions. It actually helps us raise a little bit more money for this awesome organization called Cannibal Kids Cancer. Yes. What do they do, Brant? Cannibal Kids Cancer comes up with innovative treatment options for kids who've run out of options. They're amazing. Check them out online. CannibalKidsCancer.org. I notice whenever we do the Cannibal Kids Cancer part, you yes. never make fun. There's no, there's there's very, no seri- that's a serious part. It would be weird to it, read too it weird. as a pirate yes. vampire. You know what isn't weird? What? <laughs> that accent the whole episode? <laughs> Couldn't keep it. You know what isn't weird, Brand? People doing two things at once. One. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One, two. they could be trying to figure out how can they make their life better. Uh, and uh. two, they're they're listening to the show. Yes. They, they could be doing both. It doesn't actually matter to us what you're doing. It you might not. be, I don't know, waiting for a friend in the airport cell phone lot. Where are they? I've been here for an hour already. Maybe you're feverishly trying to separate wire hangers. Boy, these damn things are driving me crazy. <laughs> Maybe you're repotting your aloe plants. I need more poop. <laughs> poop for aloe. You put poop and aloe together? Mmm. Doesn't matter to us. We just be the 30 minutes you've been waiting to listen to all week. We're so sorry, Felicia. <laughs> Bo-boom. Our guest today is Felicia White, 
who was recently the vice president of global operations training and development for Church's Chicken and is now a restaurant industry consultant. She is awesome. I've known her for a while, just to be transparent, and uh, have been looking for an opportunity to get her on the show. So first and foremost, Felicia, welcome to Thoughts at Rock. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to rock out with you guys. Yeah, (laughs) we love that. And of course, everybody knows we're going to have Felicia's full entire bio in the show notes. We highly encourage you to go check it out. Just a couple things we thought would be kind of cool to to highlight here, though. In addition to managing training, Felicia is the co-founder and chair of the Employee Resource Group, uh, which is called Churches Women's Forum. She serves as a volunteer and board member with Chart, which is really how I got to know her. Chart, we've talked about them quite a bit on the show. They're the Council of Hotel and Restaurant Trainers. Um, She's also an active member with Women's Food Service Forum. We've had several guests that have also been a part of that. Um, She's a sought-after subject matter expert in the area of frontline leadership development and offers consulting to various organizations in building leadership development and mentorship programs really big uh, you know with us because we both engage in some some mentorship as well she's currently working on her doctorate degree in adult learning and development at Northwestern State University mm-hmm. you know Brant same thing you've thought about going oh, to a yeah. doctor I've thought about going to a doctor right that's as far I, as my I think it's totally <laughs> different um, and the other thing is Felicia was recognized as one of the most influential restaurant executives in the country in 2020 on the power list by Nation's Restaurant News. Again, I know we just sort of set the stage here, but we're just so thrilled that uh, you have an opportunity to spend some time with us and, and layer on this leadership uh, nuggets, we like to say. And, uh, you know, we're probably going to get right to it because this is a little bit different, Felicia, than all these other podcasts. We're not going to do a whole big, long, hour-long background of you. Uh, our audience really loves to hear leadership advice. And so we're going to let the floor, um, you, you take control of it. So what is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock, number one. My thought that rocks is nobody really cares. At the end of the day, nobody really cares. What? <laughs> well, aren't you uh, a glass half full? <laughs> this is going in a fun direction. <laughs> Tell us more about that. Where did that come from? Uh, a little bit different there, but you know, it comes from a a, a uh, experience I have, and she's a one of my, I consider her one of my mentors, um, and Dr. Kim Kim Harris, and was sitting in a uh, breakout session that she was delivering actually at a women's food service forum and a leadership development conference, and she shared an experience around uh, a, a individual in the workshop that she was that uh, that she was presenting at. And that person was having a hard time throughout the day or really throughout the week. This was like a week-long session from what I recall. And um, because the rest of the individuals in the session would just talk about, oh, yeah, last night I did this with a partner or that with a spouse and so forth. And this individual who was, um, was a part of the LGBTQ community actually didn't feel comfortable sharing and was having a hard time connecting with the other individuals in the workshop. And so uh, fast forward, she had a conversation with Dr. Kim, pulled her aside and said, hey, you know, what is, what's the reason behind uh, you're, you're, you seem to be having a, a hard time here? Mm-hmm. And Dr. Kim, and she mentioned to her about her, uh, about her relationship. And Dr. Kim says, well, you know, you should probably share with the group next time that comes up and see what happens. And she shared, opened up with them about it. And 
at the end of the day, no one cared. It just, they just went along and it was just like it was a natural thing, which it is. And so uh, I internalized that piece of advice and I kind of used that as one of my personal mantras because it wasn't for me until I started dressing the way I wanted to dress and, and uh, doing, stepping outside of the box and doing the things that I wanted to do, like starting up the first employee research group at the, organ, at the uh, organization that I was a part of and just other things like that that I was hesitant to do because I was always concerned about, well, what might people say or what might people do? But once I did that, threw on a bow tie, put on a pair of cowboy boots, people, it started, I started to stand out mm-hmm. and it was me being my best, my best self. And so no one cared uh, that I am the lesbian. No one cared about how I dressed or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It was really about just being able to be myself and being my best self. And that's what people took notice of. And so I, I used that to say that all those things that people kind of get hung up on sometimes. Well, you know, if I, if I share something personal about myself or if I dress a certain way, what will, what, what, what will they say? What will do? What will happen? Well, you know, you probably find out that they just don't care. Yeah. All right. That's a lot, a lot more positive it's than the, where I thought it was going to It's the positive go. side <laughs> of nobody cares. Yes. <laughs> Apparently there is a side, yes. right? <laughs> It's flipped it. I, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting something completely different. But the idea of, you know, be who you are and, and don't, who cares what anybody else thinks? And, and what mm-hmm. you figure out is most of the time, nobody does care what, exactly. what, what is actually happening. They're so wrapped up in themselves. They're, you know, they, they sort of do that. I think it's, well, I think it's sort of part of the culture that you helped build at, at, at Hard Rock, right? Which was this, you know, embrace who you are and, and you know, let those whether it was tattoos or piercings or sexual orientation, it doesn't really matter. It was mm. just be who you are and, and be the best version of that person that you can be. And at the end of the day, that's the most authentic experience anybody can have. Right. Yeah. And well, and it's funny because when I think back 25, 30 years ago, hard rock was doing that almost before everybody else. Yeah. Now it's pretty commonplace and people like your friend, Felicia, um, Kim Harris, you know, mm-hmm. or, or people that were even in that circle, that discussion, I'm assuming that it affected them at some point when people go, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Like that starts to spread a whole lot quicker. And now you look at where we are in society. I think that whenever that occurred, I think now it's really probably some negative too. people really don't care. They got their own issues that they're dealing with. But I think it's just more accepting um, today than ever before. In fact, you know, we've had. A lot of people that have talked about authenticity on the show, we were just talking about, you know, Cat Cole, but our friend Amanda Height um, came on the show and talked about it. We've had uh, Ashley Brundage um, spent some time talking about it. Neen James, who hers was a little bit different because of her voice, and she used the don't change your voice. She just used that as an analogy. But I think the point is once they sort of turn the corner instead of trying to fit into somebody else's box or the way they should behave or look or or feel or say whatever it is once they sort of get past that and go it doesn't really matter i'm just gonna be myself i think they found that they're healthier they're happier they're more productive um like you they're more influential so i know you, maybe that one moment uh, helped out a lot fast forwarding though where do you think that that advice that you're now giving to other people how did that affect you going forward how did that change your life uh, it, it really changed my life because I was able to just be free and be myself. And um, in doing so, all of those things that 
small things, really, when you think about it, such as how you dress or your sexuality or the way you wear your hair, um, those things were holding me back from putting forth the real me and putting forth showing who I am and being able to, to share uh, my experience and what my thoughts were and things like that. So the human side, of course, is, I guess is what I'm getting at there. And so when I was able to do that, I realized that other people started to do the same. So mm -hmm. part of that whole thought process when it comes to authenticity and not just the thought process behind it, but actually behaving as such and really living in that space is that when you do it, you give other people permission to do the same. Right. Because they're looking at, at those individuals, especially people who are uh, have that influence or in those leadership uh, positions and wondering, can I be me and be that? Yeah. And so when you are both of those things, they realize that, oh, yeah, I can do, I can be who I am and at the same time, excel or, or do those things, be those, uh, have those roles or aspire, uh, achieve those successes, whatever that looks like for that individual, they mm -hmm. can have both. You don't have to change who you are right. in order to do that. You just have to bring your best self to the table. Yeah. I love it. I think it's, you know, often we hear about sort of people putting on a mask, you know what I mean? That, that, uh, trying to be somebody they're not. What I don't think that we, we get right in that analogy is that it would be like putting on a 40 pound mask, right? Because it comes with weight. There's, mm -hmm. there's so much weight on that. There's so much burden that, that comes with that, um, that it's not just about, you know, faking it till you make it. It's, it's, there's a, there's a toll. There's an emotional weight that comes with doing that. I, I, I in my head, I go back to, you know, in my uh, earlier days, I did the uh, a PBS tele television show, a kids show called Whiskers Outdoor World. Right, right. And I was, one of my faves. Right. It's everybody's. It's it's back when Barney was a thing. Um, and so you know they they hired me to to be the voice of Whiskers. And so I uh, as I as I was doing the voice of Whiskers, um, it morphed into well we need you to get into the uh, Whiskers was a giant chocolate Labrador uh, uh, that that lived out in the forest with his uh owner and um he had all, a bunch of friends in the woods his squirrel friend and what is happening grandpa turkey legs i'm getting there <laughs> and and um the, the the point of it was when they made me be the the get into the actual puppeteer costume yeah it looks really cute you know but mm -hmm. the head of this dog was on a pith helmet that weighed 40 pounds the dog had weighed 40 pounds and walking around all day with a 40 pound helmet uh, on my head. You know, I, I think I came out of that whole shoot like two inches smaller and, and 10 pounds lighter because it was also 180 <laughs> degrees in that costume. But to think about doing that metaphorically day in and day out and just carrying this burden yeah. around to be somebody that you aren't. There's no energy found in trying to be somebody that you aren't. There's no way to tap into those resources within you that that give you the strength and courage to, to bring whatever it is to the surface that that is actually you. And so I just I I hate to see that because it's I think it's so much more common for people to take that route yeah. than for them to to just be who they are and own it. I mean that that that's really what it what it's about is finding that courage to own who you are, and then when you start living it, you you don't have to tell people because they they see it mm -hmm. right. And so those fellow coworkers and things, I tell people all the time. I say this. I'm a broken record with this, but 
when you, you know, when you have proof, you don't need belief, right? I tell the people that I coach all the time, instead of trying to convince yourself to believe something that you can't find proof of, find the proof and acknowledge it. And then you don't have to believe anything. Just acknowledge the proof. And when you start being who you are and people see that you are giving them license to be who they are so right saying, and yeah, so it's permission. like there's the proof i don't need to believe i'm watching it happen right in front of my eyes and that really is is i think did, did you find that when you finally embraced being you that that had as much impact maybe as anything you've ever done uh from a training and development st uh, standpoint was it that just they saw you finally for who you were and you were able to to maybe connect with them at a different level Absolutely. I mean, that, that was the training. Yeah, that was the, that was the lesson. That was yeah. the, the true curriculum. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, we, 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 any other skills and, and, uh, tools and, you know, you can teach those things. You can learn those things. But when it comes to really, uh, creating behavior change with individuals that they, that takes having an example to follow. I need to see what that looks like. I need to experience it. Mm -hmm. And so when you are in that space and when people see that, that's what they learn. Everything else they'll, they'll happily follow along with, take in, absorb, listen to, memorize, whatever it is you need them to do at that point. But um, a person can't connect with you if they don't trust you, and uh, authenticity gives you that trust there, they can't connect with you if they don't know you. And so, uh, and part of what happens, the block that occurs is that um, when, when people feel you aren't being yourself, they start to fill in the blanks, or I call it in other words, they make up the story. So you've got to tell your own story before they make up their own version of yours. It's not in a malicious way. They're not doing that to be malicious. They're just doing that because they need to connect. Yep. And so I need to connect with you. I need to come up with my story of who you are. It's like when you're sitting in the airport and your people watching and you come up with these stories in your mind about where this person is going and who this, who that person is with and you... Because you have no idea, right? But you just come. It's a, it's a, that's your way of connecting with those other humans in the space. I walk through the airport, yeah. and so that's what people do. That's what we do with each other. If I don't know, then I'm going to make it up because I want to feel somewhat close to that's you, right. or feel somewhat connected to you. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. You actually are already starting to allude to, to our corresponding thought. I was just thinking, though, because you and I are both uh, fellow and former training executives. You know, training and development was my background. And I remember... 
you know, w- with my boss, we created a corporate university and there were two levels. The one we always did once a quarter, and I did this for 18 years, was called Rock 101. And it was basic management stuff, how to coach and counsel employee, how to read a PL, how to interview somebody, how to handle guest complaint, like tactical, practical type stuff. But there was a second level that you could go to called Rock 202. You had to be with the company three years. You had to go through Rock 101. You had to be in good standing with the company. You had to be nominated two levels above. And it was all personal development. It had nothing to do with Hard Rock, with the company. It was all about making you a better person. And although I wouldn't say we we narrowed out authenticity, what it was is about making you a better human. Therefore, we think you'd be more productive in business. And it's funny, and I've shared this on the show with Brant before, that there were times that people were leaving the company and on their exit interviews, they were saying, I'm leaving because of what Jim Knight just taught me in Rock Toe 2. And I'm like, <laughs> well, that's not helping me at all. But I think to your point, and maybe to your question, Brant, you know, those things are actually more important. I would rather somebody leave the business and go discover themselves and say, I've been climbing this corporate ladder only to figure out that the ladder's been on the wrong wall. I really needed to be over here. Let me focus on this as a career or my significant other or whatever the case may be. So that was way more rewarding when you can get to that. And to your point, that was the training. I would rather do more of that than I would have this other stuff to make you a better manager, if you will. So I'm with you on that. You you were making that analogy, though, about you know what you want to be and how you want to live your life versus maybe what other people think. And that, that fits in perfectly with, with our thought. Um, Brant, you want to sure tell us what that thought is? Our thought this week comes from the legend known as Oprah. Never heard of her. No, she's got a little bit of success. She important. Her. Yes. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. That's Oprah with a B for billions. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, and her, the quote is this. Boss that rock number two. Don't be confused between what people say you are and who you know you are. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, that just falls right in line, right? So obviously uh, being a values coach and, uh, and it, you know, it's incredibly important to me for people to discover who they are. If you can't tell me what your non-negotiable values are, um, I can't expect you to be who you are because you don't know who you are. (laughs) So that sort of work, that 202 level work where it's not about the company, it's about you personally. Once you know what your non-negotiables are, then you have a really good idea of what makes you tick, right? And, and, and where your purpose lives. Mm -hmm. And so, and the sooner that you do it, I mean, your whole push is, geez, wouldn't it have been nice to have figured some of this out early in your career or personal life? I was 40, what, 47 years old before I figured it out and, and, you know, slugging through 20 plus years of living life, not really knowing, having an idea. And I think that's why none of us really do the work is that we all have an idea of what matters to us. But if push came to shove and you had to name the non-negotiable ones, people flounder. They flounder because they've never done that level of work. I I feel like in this quote of uh, there is so much noise that happens every day and so much influence casts towards our direction from bosses, coworkers, you name it, strangers who have no, especially social media, right? No idea who you are, but they're, they're casting judgment. They are, they are putting forth this idea of who you are. And to me, 
the best way to battle that, again, sound like a broken record, show them proof of who you really are and then just point to that and go, why would you believe that? Why would you ever think that anything other than what you see is who I am, right? Is that how you've sort of moved forward with everything in your life is you know, what you see is what you get And this. I'm not, I'm not hiding anything. I'm not, I'm not squashing anything. I'm just going to be who I am. And if you love me, great. If you don't love me, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was at a good friend of mine's wedding. Um, they, they got married on New Year's Eve. Thought it was an awesome, perfect day to uh, get to get married. But at a rehearsal dinner, she was just talking about different people that were involved in the wedding. And, and um, I supported her with, with, um, coordinating the wedding, although no, I am not a wedding coordinator, nor have any plans to be, but I did that for her. We've known each other for a long time. And so she, she was sharing with the, in front of the audience at the rehearsal dinner, just some, some things about our relationship. And we've known each other for 15 years. And she actually said that, you know, I've known this person for 15 years. And if you were to look up consistency in the dictionary, her picture is next to it. And so she's it's just the most consistent person that I know, which means she's always who she is, what you see is what you get. Uh, there's no hidden agenda. You, you, there's, no, there's nothing hidden. And uh, don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not running around just spilling out tons <laughs> of information to people. I do get dressed every day. <laughs> Um, but it really, it really boils down to people when they, when they, you're you're kind of branding yourself really. So your personal identity becomes your personal brand. And so what are those things about you that people can expect and they know, and that's what that consistency comes to. So if I know I can call this person in the middle of the night when I'm having a bad day and they are going to answer, they won't stay on the phone long because yes, they're asleep, but they'll give me five minutes, make me laugh and, and I'm good. That person is the person you can call when you have that person that, uh, you know, they're going to be in this really tough meeting and you can, but if you tell them ahead of time, hey, I'm going to be in this tough meeting. But uh, would you just mind, you know, texting me a funny meme so I could just glance on my phone and see that and put a smile on my face to help yes. me continue on? Then they know you're that person who can do that. And those are small things. It, 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 you, you know, you don't have to have some make some monumental contribution to a person's life. It really boils down to that be having that consistency, and there, you can't have that if you don't know who that person is which is why authenticity is so important and being authentic and displaying that, especially as a leader. I was actually thinking about you, uh, even in, in just uh, preparing, I, I think, the show and just where we were going to go in this this conversation. And uh, it's funny, one of my favorite artists, a singer-songwriter named Gavin DeGraw, a lot of people don't know who he is. He's got a very unique sound, but he's got probably his, his most famous song. It's called I Don't Want to Be. And it's a little autobiographical because he talks about the fact that he struggled with what he wanted to do in life. This is before he was a singer, but even when he was in the music business, and I'm talking in front of somebody who lived the rock star life, you know, that Brandt did that for, for 25 plus years. What he found out is that even before, but certainly in that business, he was surrounded by people that lied to him, that were imposters. You know, it, there were a lot of posers around and they wanted him to move his sound, move his angle, be a certain way. And it sort of goes back to what you were saying before, Felicia. He just didn't want to do that. And it maybe it it took an epiphany at some point for him to go, 
I don't want to listen to all these other people. I maybe had to do certain things to get to where I am right now, but you know, his unique sound now I think is very representative. A little bit of a problem because he doesn't have the mainstream can't be on the radio stations that maybe the three of us would listen to or the common, you know, general public, but he decided, you know what, I'm just going to be my own self and and uh and and hopefully that reflects that and I'll get some success from it. And I I equate that a little bit to your life as well. I mean, I Brand, I don't know if you remember this, but I just shared Felicia's story in my latest book in Leadership That Rocks and was highlighting the fact that once she turned that corner, made that decision, whether it was an epiphany or it was a, a little bit of a longer decision, when you said, you know what, I'm not going to be what everybody else wants or expects, I'm going to be me. And you've been promoted several times. You've you've impacted and influenced a lot of people in that brand and outside of that, certainly with an association like Charge. So, you know, first off, I would just say thank you for doing that because I think you're such a great role model for so many other people. And, and people are watching. I know your thought is people don't care. They, they do care about you, I think, <laughs> and you planting your flag out there and saying this is who I am. I think you're really setting the stage for a lot of other people that are – going to come behind you, I think. And so kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you for that. I'm I'm waiting for her leadership book to come out called Bow Ties and Cowboy Boots. That that would be a great... (laughs) I think she should. A great... It is coming. It's coming. Yeah, is it? (laughs) It needs to. It needs to. So, uh, you know, I I know that you've got some things that are coming up in your future. I mean, what what is uh, what does the future look like for Felicia White? You've got a lot of great things that are going on. Like I said, I know that you're heavily involved in chart. Uh, what's next for you? Yeah, I want to continue to contribute in this field uh, in the training realm. Definitely, right now, big focus is this PhD. Uh, finished the yeah. first year with a four point so I got on the back for that, oh. and then uh, so my, my year two started actually on yesterday. So okay. I am back in the books and going forward with that. I am in the process of finishing up that book, uh, and the title of the book is going to be Bow Ties and Cowboy Boots. Come on! Hey, what a good guess. So, That's perfect. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, I uh, want that one. I've got some finishing touches that I'm working on there, but that, that'll be forthcoming. And then wow. just continuing to see what other, what, how, how I can continue to contribute, especially in this hospitality and food service space. It's a space that I quote-unquote, grew up in, so to speak, when it comes to my career. I'm very passionate about serving people and, and, uh, and may, you know, playing some small part in a person's day through a meal or mm. uh, so, uh, through a service or an experience. And so I'd love to be able to continue in that and uh, supporting people and getting the tools and resources that they need to be their best so that they can uh, be move forward and hit whatever point it is and those goals and things that they have uh, for desires in their lives. Awesome. That's great. Where, and where could they uh, maybe reach out to you or learn a little bit more about you? Where, where would you like for our audience to go? I'm really, really engaged in LinkedIn. That's probably one of the first places I'd point you to. Look me up on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect with you and conversate. You can also shoot me an email, FeliciaWhite411 at gmail.com. Really simple. (laughs) Not too hard to remember. Um, I'm I'm better with with, uh, email and LinkedIn than other social media platforms, but I am on Twitter and uh, Instagram as well and Facebook. Fantastic. Well, we'll have all of that information. And if you didn't catch it fast enough, we'll put it all in the show notes for everybody so they can do that. You're like Karnak, Brant. 
You, you didn't even know that was the name of the book. It just I, made actually, sense. Yeah, it totally made sense. <laughs> that was perfect. Now, if you tell us the subtitle is at the end of the day, no People one don't care. care. <laughs> we, might, we might push back a little bit on that. Title good, subtitle not so much. Well, we love you. We're we're so um, you know honored to have you on here. We're going to keep an eye on your journey, and just thanks for just stopping by and spend a little bit of moments with us. And I'm sure our audience can be very excited about this. Thank you for having me. Enjoy You're the awesome. conversation. You're the you best. got it. You're a rock star. Thanks. Rock on. Hey, rock stars! Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, whether as a webinar for a virtual event or in person as a conference keynote, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock rock on. on! Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it.